Hey, everybody. Welcome to a Community of Principles podcast, a conversation to support leaders. I'm your host, Ben Gilpin. Now, let's get this started. Hello, MEMSPA crew. We are back, the Community Principles with Ben Gilpin, and we've got a fantastic guest that I'm going to introduce here in just a moment. Before we, we get to that, we are into the second half of the year, and that also can bring a lot of things. So we know our kids really well. We know our staffs really well. We're dealing with some of those midwinter blues. So as a, as a leader, as a principal, what my one big challenge would be for all people is never lose the chance to be creative and pull people in. You don't have to do it all by yourself. Pull people in and get some of those creative ideas going to really kind of invigorate and and bring some energy in some of these dog days of winter. So that's my one quick piece before we get into our show today with, we have a fantastic guest with us. We have Delandria Patterson with us and Delandria is from the Benton Harbor area. And so welcome Delandria. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Delighted to have you on. And so, Delandria, can you just let our audience know um, where you currently are and how did you get there? Okay. So, once again, like you said, like Ben said, I am Delandria Patterson. I was born and raised in Benton Harbor, Michigan, actually. When I graduated from high school, I went to Gramlin State University, which is located in Gramlin, Louisiana. Um, It's the HBCU. Shout out to the Tigers. And then... I taught for like a year and a half. Well, I had to do my intern in teaching, and then I ended up being hired for the same position that I was on my intern in, and so I did that for a year and a half. Um, And I kind of felt like, I'm giving back to this town. I know no one, so I might as well do the same thing back at home. So I came back home. I ended up um, enrolling back into school at Western State University, Western Michigan State University, and then I was like, okay, uh, teaching is just not for me anymore. I did, I didn't, you know, I didn't teach as long as probably a statistic principal did have. <laughs> yep. But I did teach, you know, I've been a teacher before more. Um, I did like a total of five years. I did a total of five. So I did three in preschool. I did seventh and I did second. So I was like, you know what? Okay, I'm over teaching. Um, I feel like I can help in a different capacity. So I wanted to do more. I wanted to do more than just be confined to the classroom. So when I went back to get my master's, it was in ed leadership, of course, and uh, principalship K through 12. And so I was like, yes, I want to teach. I mean, you know, I want to teach teachers or help teachers get to the next level. And then I was like, then eventually I want to become a superintendent. So as of now, this is my sixth year as an administrator, but my fourth year as a building principal. So that's where I am now. Yep. And so really to kind of keep going with that, you you knew pretty early on that you wanted to get into leadership. Oh, most definitely. All my life, you know, I've been called the bossy kid. The, the bossy kid. So I am the oldest. Um, I have a younger sibling. It's only me and him. And so I used to, I remember playing school with him and being his teacher and then saying like, okay, now you be teaching, then I'm going to be principal. So like, I always knew that I wanted to be in a leadership role. Um, I always knew that, you know, when I got into education that I wanted to keep going. I wanted to keep going. I didn't want to just be stuck or content in one thing because I know that I can give more. Mover and a shaker. I love it. Okay. So currently you're, you're in Benton Harbor and, and that's where you were born and raised, but you got away. So, you know, kind of continuing to kind of piggyback off of this journey. 
What was one thing that really brought you back to Benton Harbor? So I kind of seen like, so like I said, I was born and raised in Benton Harbor. So that means I went to public Benton Harbor area schools my entire life. And I would notice like, because my mother is a teacher and my dad at the time was in the school system as well. So my pretty much my background is education because both of my parents were teachers. And I just noticed like it wasn't the same. And I remember when I was in school, I had a village. And so I'm like, you know, I'm big on being a part of my students' village. So I know what worked when I was in school. And I understand that, you know, things are different. But I feel like me being so young and vibrant, I can give so many great ideas or I have so many great ideas that I want to come back and kind of like implement those things. So I did go back, I, you know, time, you know, you're young, you're like, oh, I don't have no kids, I'm going to do this. But I just was like, it wasn't it wasn't home for me because I worked in Jonesboro, Louisiana, and it was a little country town. And they were nice, you know, but I just like it wasn't home for me. And I didn't have anyone. All of my friends had already moved away because they graduated. We all graduated. So they were gone. It was just me. And I'm like, I might as well go home and give back to the community that I was born and raised and who was a part of my village and where I had family. So that's pretty much why I came back. Okay. Okay. That's good. I, you know, it's there's a correlation between the two of us. I went down to Indiana and got my um, degree. And then I came back and I actually taught in the school that I was a student. I'm not a um, administrator in the same district, but that's where I taught for nine years. So I understand that role of coming home and there's those yeah. ties that bind. So very good. Yeah. Okay, Delandria, let's jump into the next question. You've pretty much answered the first one. So let's dive into number two mm -hmm. for us, for our audience. From your perspective, what are the two most critical areas to being an educational leader? Number one is relationship building. That's very critical. Um, I'm a firm believer of you build a relationship, you can get them to do anything you want. I always say to people, if you have a relationship with them, they'll do anything you want them to do. That's just my joke. But literally, relationship building comes from, you know, really seeing where someone's coming from, being able to accept ideas, being able to just really lead by example and be that leader where someone wants to come and open up and talk to you about who they are and their story. So I'm very big on that's the that's the main my main goal as a uh, educational leader is building a relationship with all of my staff and my students. And the second thing to me is communication. You have to be willing to communicate in all different type avenues and capacities, whether it's something that you have to redirect, whether it's something that you have to do a plan for, whether it's something, um, evaluations or PLCs, instruction, different things that you have to communicate within your staff and also to your students. So I think those two are very critical for me as far as my perspective as being an educational leader. Well, I 100% agree with you. Relationships, communication, you are, to me, you are completely spot on. I guess I'm just curious if who was that for you? Because whether it was a, a family member or whether it was a mentor or whether it was a teacher growing up, there was somebody I would imagine in your life that it taught you though that relationship piece and that communication piece. So who was so significant for you? Well, I was raised in a two-parent home. So I would have to say that like they had a lot, my parents, shout out, they're not in Minnesota, but shout out to my mommy and daddy, um, Angela and Dylan Barnes. They, as a little girl... Especially my dad, because I'm a daddy's girl. So <laughs> as a little girl, my dad always told me, you know, 
sometimes it's more about who you know than what you know. And when you get to know someone and take the time to just hear their story or just smile and say good morning, have a conversation when you never know what impact you're having on their life. So um, those are my two biggest fans, um, first of all. They're always in my corner. But I just can't go forward without giving that that acknowledgement because it did start from my in my home. It did. And that makes all the difference. I mean, you had a... Uh... You had such a solid base, and, and it sounds like you've got um, you've got the biggest cheerleaders for for the longest of times, forever. Yes. Okay, so that gives us a little insight into you. Let's go a little bit deeper, though. What are two things most people don't know about Delandria? Um, I don't. I don't know. <laughs> I, I tend to be an open book. Um, I don't like cats. <laughs> I do not <laughs> like cats. So. That some people may not know that about me. I'll say three things because I tell myself all the time, what are what are my three C's? I don't like cats, I don't like clowns, and I don't like coconut. So that's it. <laughs> there you I, go. I don't, the three I don't C's. Know. Coconut, is just a, coconut is just a different taste for me. I'm just terrified of cats because I just think they all scratch you and just are mean. <laughs> Probably stereotypical, but... I just don't care for them. And then clowns are just very different for me since I was a little girl. So those are some things that people may not know about me and will be surprised about. You are not alone with the clowns. I think there's a lot of people that would sign right up and say they're right in that same boat. That's very scary for me. And, the, the you know, and when, they, when it's the clown face with the stilts, those terrify me the most. <laughs> like, I would literally run. You'll see me like, did you want to try it? I'll be out of there. <laughs> I'll be out of that's there. So yeah, good. That's so good. That's what I can say. They don't know. Okay. So as we as we kind of shift to our next question, mm-hmm. if you had a chance to speak to people, to, to potential leaders, to upcoming leaders about becoming a principal, what advice would you give someone um, if they were if they were kind of on the fence and they they maybe lean towards leader, leadership, but there's a little hesitancy there? What would you say to them? First, I'll say, if you straddle the fence or don't know, think about your purpose. Always think about what's your purpose. And if you decide to get into the field because you like to help people, you like to help students and you want to be a part of their village, I would definitely tell them um, only what you do for the students will determine your outcome, your end goal in the, in the, in the position you are. And um, always do what's best for the students. Always do what's best for the students. Because I always say, once you mix personal with business, it becomes chaos. And I don't believe in that. So, um, yeah, that's what I would tell them. If you're straddling the fence, just really look into what your purpose is. Because everyone's purpose isn't to, you know, be a principal. Everyone don't aspire to be a principal. Then after a while, they notice that they really like being a teacher or they really like being in the school systems and just the smiling faces of the students just guides my day every day. So that's what I would probably tell them. Very centered. And I think that's fantastic. You were a teacher and, you know, in, in a lot of ways you still are a teacher. Mm-hmm. I look at anyone that's in a leadership role, they're still teachers. It's just a, it's just a different, um, different dynamic. You also mentioned early on that um, you aspire to be a superintendent as well. Yes, I do. So what does that look like on on your end? What's that? Do you have a timeline set? Is it something that um, sooner rather than later, or you'll just know when you know? Okay, so this may sound funny. I was like, last year I was like, 
when January comes, I'm going to get back to school. I don't care what it is I do. It's January. I have not enrolled for school yet. However, my plan, I just don't want to feel rushed. But I will say sooner than later, I just want to fully do my research on what school fits me with the certification program built into it for superintendency. So, yeah, that's pretty much. I'm just kind of trying to weigh my options. I'm planning a wedding, so I was just like, I don't want to be overwhelmed. So after my wedding in July, my official wedding in July, I'm going to look into, okay, looking into different schools and go ahead and start my program. So my goal is no longer than five years. So that's the goal. Yeah, I love the drive, but I also love that you have that self-talk with yourself about being patient. Yes, I have to, because I feel like I... And I think it's because so many people are like, you're from here, you know, you, the district needs you. And I'm just like, yeah, you're right. Okay. January, I'm going to get, then I'm like, no, Delandria, no, 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 no. You can't, you've never rushed into decisions ever in your life. So you can't rush into this one. So I want to just make sure I'm mentally prepared because I am motivated now. And when I'm motivated, it's nothing for me to get on it. But I just want to make sure that I do the right research for what I want to do. I don't want to just jump into a program and then I'm like, oh, I don't like this program. I should have did this one. So I just want to make sure that I'm all clear, headspace-wise and vision-wise on which program fits best for me for where I'm going. Yep, that makes sense. Okay, so our last question for our audience, mm-hmm. and this is actually, I'm very curious to see where you go with this. If you were to kind of go back in time, kind of just do this whole um, this whole chance to go back and talk to your previous self or your younger self, what advice would you give them? So as you as you were starting this journey, as you're graduating from Grambling State, as you're as you're going through this, if you could look back and give yourself a, like a, a little handwritten note, what advice would you give yourself? I think this is what I'll say to myself. Never wait for others to realize how good you are. I love that. I love that. Because I feel like at times, and it could have been my own assumption, but the way things were portrayed to me or introduced to me is if like, because of my age, I wasn't ready. Or no, nah, she's not going to feel, oh, she's a female. You know, females get emotional. So I will definitely tell myself, you know, never wait for others to just do it. Now I don't take no for an answer. There's a way around everything. I'm a firm believer. There's a way around everything. You do not have to take no for an answer. And then always know your worth. And, and you know, never be afraid to go after what you want. And I did at a young age. I'm only 32. So, you know, to others, I may seem like a baby. But I'm really, I'm a baby. But I experience a lot, you know, in my, to some people. So that's definitely what I would tell myself. That's definitely what I would say. Those are really, really good. That'd be a great note to give your your uh, younger self. Yeah. So, Delandria, that really brings us to the conclusion of this episode. What we are really doing, and as people listen in on this, I can just tell you from personal experience, I've had people come to me on occasion over the course of my my time as a as a building leader, and they've said, "I've never want your job," and that got me thinking that um, what we need to do as leaders is we need to help the next generation of leaders. 
And Delandria, I love the drive. I love your patience with yourself and that self-talk. But I also, you know, you see yourself as a relationship builder. You see yourself as a great communicator. And you see someone as giving back to others. And so those qualities have helped make you someone that um, pushes in and helps the next generation of leaders. So thank you for what you're doing in education and in leadership. And as you, as others listen to this episode, feel free, reach out, connect with Delandria. And find different ways that you can push in and help the next generation of leaders. With that being said, this has been Season 6, Episode 3 with Delandria. And we hope you tune in and share it out. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, Delandria. Thank you. Thanks for having me, Ben. Well, thanks again to our guest. Let's continue to connect and And reflect reflect. because that's what leaders do. Thank you to all of our listeners. Don't forget to check out hashtag MemspaChat Thursday nights, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And you can also find more leadership tools at memspa.org.